Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody, it's Lloyd Spence, and the Super Bowl is here. And you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Man, this is going to be a great game. I am so excited. Got my chips, got my dips, got my food, and I'm ready to go. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City, who's looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. Listen, BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Can you believe it? Man, always available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline today. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get ready for the Super Bowl, y'all. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence, and listen, with a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. Now with big games, you need big stakes, and Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit KansasCityStakes.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, you get free shipping with the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-B, and you get that at the checkout. You can try out the snack pack combos featuring small plates with big flavors, like the mini beef welded steak burger sliders, or the mac and cheese melt, or the shrimp wrapped in bacon. Oh my God, that sounds so good. Every order is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. And satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. So, basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-B, at the checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC. With my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. Come here, another fun night here with Believe in the ACC. I am Lloyd Spence. That is Charlie Ward right next to me and we are here just the two of us tonight but you know we've done this before we we we, we haven't forgotten how to do it just because we've had some guests to join us a few times <laughs> so charlie how are things going my man everything good yes sir things going well sir awesome 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 i like the little black and white contrast we got going on in the hoodies tonight if you're watching us on uh, yeah, uh oh i like yours is better yours is way better I'm rocking my one race humanity. Yeah, yours is better. My, I'm, I'm, I'm just still just rocking the LA Lakers. <laughs> but, I, but yours is far better, a far better message than mine for sure. Although my team is 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 won a championship recently, your team is still trying to. <laughs> so they may, they may happen. It may happen at some point. We'll see. We'll see. So listen, uh, gonna be a fun, another fun night. Um, we got the, the, the theme tonight, the challenge to get to the finish line. And uh, it is definitely a challenge because, man, every time we look up or every time we uh, step away, we are, we actually may have caused last night's uh, 
cancellation or today's cancellation because we were so giddy about everybody being able to play and how well things were going. And we're like, well, Louisville hadn't had their opportunity, you know, in a while. And then last, this first thing today, they not only canceled tonight's game, but they canceled the game for Saturday. So no Syracuse tonight, no VA on Saturday, which actually was the big one that everybody was waiting for. Uh, we all were looking forward to seeing if Louisville had uh, what it took to finally uh, get over that B.A. hump. They seem to struggle with that team mightily. Uh, but alas, it will not be. Uh, Virginia is now scheduled to take on Pittsburgh, I think. Uh, and so, I don't know, man. It's, it's just every week, every every day, it's a, it's a crapshoot. We just don't know what's going to happen, man. Well, I mean, that seems to be our culture. That's not culture. That seems to be – uh, the thing that we have to, uh, like I said, you know, as coaches, you're always in adjustment mode. Yeah, you said that just yesterday. And, I mean, it was so apropos. Yeah. So there's really no big deal. I think everyone has a plan um, if this does happen. Um, and so you just have to ride out that plan. Yeah. And live with whatever uh, you come out of it. You just want to be prepared and ready. Um and make sure that who, whatever the cause was, that that's, uh, you know, first and foremost on the minds of, you know, people getting healthy and those types of things. So um, it's just unfortunate, you know, but it is th this type of year. Right. Well, and then also, now I do have a, a bit of sports news, and this, we'll call this a – developing story as we are on the air coming on to the air tonight uh pitt is handily beating virginia tech right now still two minutes and 54 seconds left to go in the game but uh unraked pitt panthers are handily beating uh virginia tech number 16 virginia tech uh 74 to 60 with about two minutes and 54 seconds left to go in the game, uh, there's a, there's a, there was just a foul in the game on Abdul Karim Koulibaly, <laughs> who had just made a dunk uh, that pushed that lead up to 14 points. So uh, we might be looking at an upset tonight uh, in Pittsburgh. So that one uh, will be interesting, especially uh, with what we're talking about tonight as we take a look at the brackets and – uh, take a look at where everybody is being seated and projected and everything. Uh, that that would be a big, big upset uh, if if Pitt were able to hold off uh, and beat them. Pitt's not a horrible team, uh, but they have probably not have had this, the season that they've wanted. But this would put them at nine and five uh, if they can hold out. And who knows? You know what I mean? We start stacking up their wins against everybody else uh, in the country. They might, they might be able to sneak in, so you never know. Well, I mean, before we got on there, we were talking about, you know, just there are really no dominant teams, especially in the ACC. Uh, right. Even the teams that are on the top uh, aren't superior to uh, the other teams in the conference. And so, yeah. uh, you know, when guys go on the road, anything can happen um, against, you know, any team. Um, because they're they're just not um, 
far more superior than, you know, that team, regardless if they're at the bottom of the bracket uh, or the standings or the middle or wherever it may be. Uh, especially when you go on the road, you're going to get everyone's best uh, game, even though there may not be people in the stands, a whole lot of people in the stands. Right. Uh, I just think everyone plays better at home. Um, and if you're able to win a home, win a rural game, you need to enjoy it um, and try to bottle it up for, you know, other games. Uh, but you're going to have these type of games. You know, I don't know what's, what's the, what the deal is about the 16 spot. Uh, <laughs> it's not working out for people right now. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't want to be in that, that spot because um, that seems to be a doomed spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not working out for people this season. Um, but, again, still a lot of time left on the clock. Uh, two minutes and 44 seconds left to go in the game. Uh, can Pitt hold on and hold off uh, Virginia Tech and get the win in this game? So it will be definitely be interesting to see if they can pull this off. Uh, last night, Clemson defeats North Carolina. Man. Uh, huh? It must have been CL. CL. CL, uh, he should have stayed at home and did the Zoom from home. Uh, but he, he chose to go in. Next thing you know, North Carolina's getting beat by 13, and the three-game winning streak is over. Uh, only one double-digit scorer last night in that game for North Carolina, and that was Sharp, uh, who played 24 minutes uh, coming off the bench, and he scored. He went six of eight. Uh, scoring 16 points. No other double-digit score in that game. How about that for for North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, well, it's hard. Like we said, it, it's so unpredictable. Um, they they seem like they were. Uh, seem like they had figured out. Yeah, they were trending upward, and all of a sudden you get this type of game, and you end up losing the game. Um, but Clemson. They could be trending upward. They could be trending up too, yeah. They're trending upward, especially after this game. So, is Clemson the number twenty team in the nation, or are they that sliding team that we keep seeing? I mean, they to me, Clemson and uh, Georgia Tech are the same team. Like you don't know what you're gonna get from either one of those teams. They they have the potential and the pieces to play a great game or they have the potential and the pieces to, to just totally crap out. And so they, they're they showing you – and I, I am not a fan of teams like that. I, I don't like teams that are that wildly inconsistent. Um, but they are. They And they and they swing wild both ways. Like they could be blown out by 20. They could win by 15. So you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And if you're going to betonline.ag – you're taking a gamble with you betting on Clemson. <laughs> yeah, that that I mean that that's what I was saying the other day. Right, Georgia Tech. Yeah. Um, and you know, before I was told that they're okay, I was just saying they're they're inconsistent. Well, uh, see, I know they, they were they were they were okay. I never agreed to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I just think they're they're just inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's uh, that's the reason why you have you know nine and five or nine and six. You're you're maybe four, 
three, three or four games over 500. Um, that, those are inconsistent teams when you're like that. Um, I love coach talk on this show, as you know. That's why I'm always asking you as the coach your opinion. Why are teams so wildly inconsistent? Is it youth, inexperience? Is it focus? Is it is it focus that keeps you wildly inconsistent like that? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I'll just speak off from my own experience. Last year, we were um, 20 and 7 is what our final record was. Okay. Uh, we're playing pretty much the same teams uh, that we played last year. And uh, we ended up losing. It was a couple games we lost here in our in our neighborhood. I mean, neighborhood meaning Tallahassee. Teams that we lost to last year. We just didn't focus on each possession. Mm. Uh, we didn't play hard every possession. Um, and so when we had teams that Played hard, um, as, you, as we talked about earlier, gave us, you know, they they got a spurt. They felt comfortable. Um, we ended up losing the games. And, and so there are a couple of things, that factors that go into teams being inconsistent. If they have real good talent, you know, top top to bottom talent. Right. Inconsistent. Um, it could be coaches not getting through or the players taking each game for granted because they feel like they have the talent. They can just turn it on like a light switch. And so you start to get that. When you don't have, maybe you have a couple of guys, two or three guys that are very talented and the other guys are, you know, good players, but not your, uh, what you would call over the top talent. Um, they play hard. But if you don't have any skill, you're only going to be able to beat so many teams. Right. Uh, and, and so that's why it's important to uh, when you're when you're putting the team together, you want to have guys who are skilled um, and talented. And, of course, they have to play a role in those types of things, but you at least want everyone to be skilled in something um, where they can at least put the ball in the basket. If they're a rebounder, you need to be able to rebound and put the ball back in the basket. Yeah. You're just going to be, you can't be a rebounder and, you know, throw a ball back out. But the reason I say all of that is uh, when you do, when you're inconsistent and you have maybe two or three guys that are talented and everybody else kind of, you know, filling in, you're not going to beat most of the teams uh, that may have skill and talent. So you're going to be middle road. And then if you have guys that get hot uh, on a, on a every night, I mean every other night, or right, or that inconsistency. If your best players are inconsistent, then your team's going to be inconsistent as well. Um, and so, and then of course, if you don't play defense, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you don't have a system and guys aren't buying a system and you can't really stop anyone, um, and teams going to spurt, I mean, get a spurt. Um, and go on a run, then you can get down behind and now you're pressing. So it's just a lot of different ways there can be inconsistency. Um, and I've seen and been a part of, you know, it all. Yeah, I've never been a fan as a player uh, or even a, you know, just a you know, pseudo coach, not a coach like you, but just, you know, 
coaching and, and training players. I've never been a fan of streak shooters. I, that is not something I, I like because to me, it's it, it, this is my opinion. It, it's, it speaks to focus and work ethic. You know, if you're if you have the right work ethic, then the goal is always as a shooter to to make your shot. Un, so mem- memorable that it's burned into your DNA. So you're not thinking about the shot anymore. You're just shooting. You're you're catching shooting. You're reacting. So it's not. I got to get my L. I got to get it. You know, up. You know, forty five degrees. You don't have to do all of that. You're just focused on catch and shoot release. You know, and guys that don't have that focus tend to be streak shooters. Like they're look. They're checking their feet. They're you know, something went wrong on the defensive end, so they can't focus back on the offensive end. I, I'm not a fan of that. So, uh, I, and I've not figured out how to break players out of that, the ones that can't focus. But have, maybe you have, and that's why you make the big bucks, Charlie. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know about the big bucks. But uh, a lot of it is just, it is mental. Uh, yeah. Like we have a kid now who's a very good shooter, um, and he's inconsistent. Uh, shooting the ball. That's the great thing about this kid is if he missed three or four shots, um, he's still playing defense. He's still hustling. There you go. That's what I like. Yeah. All those necessary things outside of, and he's still struggling with his shot. There was one night I felt so bad for him because he's a kid that after a few games this year, he stayed back in the gym with his parents and uh, got extra shots up. Like, I don't know what time they left. I left him there, but that's the kind of kid we're talking about. But one night, he couldn't buy a shot in the first half. Mm. Um, I think he may have hit one out of about four or five, and the misses were just all over the place. Wow. And so he was basically in tears at halftime. And, you know – Everybody was kind of encouraging him and what have you. And, I mean, this, this dude came back out still firing, you know, good shots, still firing. And I think he ended up making maybe two or three threes in the third, third or fourth quarter, you know, second half, and ended up, you know, with nine, nine, nine or so points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just – those are the type of players that you – you talk about inconsistency – you want to see them succeed because of the work, yeah, yeah, see the work that they put in. Um, and then sometimes it's a mental thing. Yeah. It, 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 your feet and everything can be lined up and everything can be right, but it could be a, a mental thing if you miss a couple. Um, and so that plays a part sometimes in being inconsistent. Um, and then, yeah, not putting enough time in, in the gym. Uh, to where it's a you know the shot you know is going in and the thing that burns me the most I hear, I hear guys um, they'll say either they is either make or miss in some form of fashion mm-hmm. and it's just the total opposite and I'm like huh <laughs> how do you how do you say I mean it's like an air ball right right oh man that's good. And the ball go all over the over the basket. Yeah, yeah. You say that's good. Yeah. <laughs> ball no. going over the basket. There's encouragement, and then there's reality. Sometimes <laughs> we gotta we gotta help players deal in the reality and say, "Listen, 
Go go get a two-pointer. And sometimes you got to move in and get that going first. You know what I mean? I, like that's, uh, You know, with shooters, you, you try to help them understand, you know, there's multiple ways to score. So you don't always have to shoot the three. I know the three-pointer is the one you want. That's what that's what real shooters want. They want to shoot that three for whatever reason. But a shooter doesn't have to be somebody that just shoots a three. One of my favorite players to watch shoot is DeMar DeRozan, who rarely shoots a three, if ever shoots a three. But, man, that dude has one of the silkiest mid-range games I've ever seen. I mean, he gets in the mid-range and knocks that shot down probably 80 – it feels like 80 to 90% of the time. So – you can score other ways. If you if you can't shoot that three like you want, if you something's not connected with your legs to your hands, <laughs> then move in, you know, four or five feet and shoot a two-pointer or, you know, work on a bank shot or something. There's something else that you can get. It's all about finding your spots. What are the spots where you know are your high percentage spots? And sometimes I think guys go shoot everywhere because they want to make every shot. And we're like, man, that's not realistic. Most shooters – can't shoot every shot. They got three or four shots they can make, and that's about it. You know, so so it's a different guy. Yeah, but I, I I'm hoping that I'm hoping that young man can pull out of that. <laughs> so he has. I mean, I mean, it's just, he's still shooting, and yeah, he's still he's, shooting. Yeah, he's still making, and you know, he'll stay after you know certain games and shoot extra. That's good. Uh, so. His issues not work ethic. It's sometimes it's just that mental piece, but it's that mental piece, yeah, yeah. And we don't really need him. Um, I mean, we need you know, a mate, but but with our group uh, now, next year to be something totally different because he'll be moving up a little bit once we get some other guys graduated. So we'll need him to be a little bit more efficient. Um, but he's just not a three pointer. I mean, he can shoot the three, but he has mid-range game. He's very athletic. Um, he can make plays, and so he's not just a guy that can just stretch the floor. Uh, well, you know what? It's funny. You say his work ethic is there, and he's putting in extra shot. And it, sometimes it's ironic. That guy becomes the guy that you put him in a, in a crucial time in the game, and he hits – for whatever reason, gets the ball ends up in his end, and he hits that game winner, and that's the thing that propels him – you know, into <laughs> becoming one of the best shooters ever. Uh, Scott Fells is in our watch party saying hello. So, uh, hello from Scott Fells. What's up, Scott? All right. So, there, there you go. Um, other thing that's going on, we're about 38 seconds away from Virginia Tech going down. Um, yeah, they are going down. 80, right now, it's 81-68. We'll see if uh, Pitt will uh, pack on any more points to close it out. But it looks like Virginia Tech, number 16. Is going down. Another big, uh, interesting game last night was Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Both teams aren't necessarily the best, but it was an interesting game because Wake Forest was kind of winning that game, and then uh, Notre Dame started the second half on a 16-0 run and never looked back. And so they were able to uh, knock out uh, Wake Forest 79-58 and and, and, uh, to – I don't know if that helps the case because they both have losing records, so probably doesn't mean a whole lot more than just the bragging rights. But well, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's been putting the ball in the basket here lately. Uh, you know, they had a big three point barrage. I forgot who it was against, uh, maybe the other night. Yeah. Um, so they've been playing some good basketball lately. 
Notre Dame. Yeah, but with with only let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, nine games to go. I mean, yeah, they got a chance. Six and three, they could go on a run theoretically. I mean, now they do have some winnable games. Georgia Tech, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. I say Georgia Tech's winnable. Who knows? I mean, that who knows? With where's, that, where's the game? That, uh, that was at Georgia Tech. Then oh, they have at Duke. Then two at Miami and Clemson with another I don't know with Clemson, uh, and then with Syracuse they got they're, then they're on the road for Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College, and then they come home and close out with North Carolina State and your Seminoles. Yeah, I hope we can get there. Yeah, so it's 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 not there's some winnable games for sure on this schedule, um, and who knows this might be a season where slightly over five hundred gets you to the tournament like it. it yeah. And Notre Dame's got the name, so that plays into their favor for sure. Uh, that you know they got the name, you know, especially for a TV show that's not going to have a lot of fans at it. Uh, there might be some time to get them in there. Uh, the George, go ahead. You also, um, you also have going to have some teams that's going to be trending upward during that time that may yeah. go on a run, um, and I think that's kind of where you want to be. Uh, you know, you think about the top tier teams, uh, how they've been consistent, you know, over the course of the, the, the season. Um, and then the ones who are inconsistent, you know, if they can get on a run here going into the tournament, maybe they can catch some momentum and uh, win a couple games in the tournament to become, you know, maybe six games over 500 as opposed to three yeah. uh, games. And, and you never know. Now six games over five hundred might get them in at this year's tournament because I, I I don't think so right now it feels like it's Gonzaga Baylor and everybody else right and so the everybody else records could be five losses six losses eight losses I mean I don't know if anybody's going to come into the tournament with you know one you know a single loss or two losses or three like that. I think it's going to be more like people coming into the tournament with six or seven losses. And so, you know, that would put them in the mix because they got nine now. Um, and if they can somehow maybe not let it get past 11, 11 might be enough. Yeah. 11 might be enough. So you're right. I I, it, I mean, it's, it's a tough schedule. Uh, those road games are tough road games. Uh, but the home games are favorable. Like they got Louisville at home, they got Florida State at home. So it, it's it's possible. It's it's not practical, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, in the women's side, man, Georgia Tech women are trending in the right direction. They are ten and three right now. Uh, they got a big win against Syracuse. Uh, they are trending in the right direction to make it very very interesting as we head toward the back the final month. Uh, or we're in this final month of uh, basketball for women's and men's basketball headed into the tournament. And I am I have a feeling that – well, we'll get to the brackets here in just a minute, but I have a feeling Georgia Tech is going to find themselves in. I know uh, earlier bracket predictions had them on the outside looking in, but I got a feeling that was a good – that was a really, really big win for them last night. It put them at 10. Um. I have a feeling 15 is probably going to be the number this year. 
uh, 15 might be miraculous if we get to 15 wins. <laughs> you never know. Uh, if we get to 15 wins for teams this year, that might be just insanely amazing. So, uh, but I think Georgia Tech's got a really uh, solid, solid shot of making the uh, the women's tournament. Uh, well, I mean, it, are they? I mean, at this point, is Louisville and North Carolina State. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Are uh, are you saying that they they're good enough to play with them? Or I would never say that. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say that. But but I think they I think they're good enough to get in. Into I do the think they're good enough to get in. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're. I think Louisville and North Carolina State are so far ahead of the pack that it's not even funny. But uh, but I do think Georgia Tech might be good enough to get in for sure. Uh, they put a lot of weight uh, on their forward, uh, Kubaj, I think is her name. Uh, she even last night pretty much her and the guard and the Fletcher basically carried them. Blue uh, Kubaj had like twenty one points or something like that. So oh, it's, it, yeah, so she she speaking of that yeah. Um, that is another way teams are inconsistent is when you depend on yeah two people to carry you every night. Yeah. And if those one or two people don't carry you, uh, then yes, you're going to be inconsistent. Well, that's the one thing that scares me about NC State because they are a good team, but they're big. They've used their front court probably as much as anybody in the country. And the way they beat Louisville the other night was that their, their front court dominated, which is great. But we both know in tournament basketball, those shots become a lot tighter. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it, it's – I don't know. I NC State, I think they'll be there in the end, the end being the Elite Eight, the Final Four, possibly the Final Four. But it does make me nervous when you get to the elite among the elites because those are great coaches. Those are going to be four great coaches. And, you know – they're going to know how to scheme. And Louisville see, you know, Jeff Waltz, he's seen them once now. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, that year that they played, an uh, undersized Louisville played, who I think may be the most dominant uh, female big ever in college sports, uh, Brittany Griner. Uh, I, I went into that game thinking, man, if Louisville could keep it close, they got to consider that a win. And they not only kept it close, the scheme that they took, uh, that they put on Brittany Griner, uh, having seen her, they they were like, okay, we got it. We figured this thing out. And they figured it out, and they, she was wildly ineffective in that game. So I, I, I think when, co- when the good coaches finally get all the tape they need on you, they figure it out. And so and that's the only thing that worries me about NC State with – with Louisville, it's not that way because they got so many different ways to beat you. But I, I don't. I agree with you. With with NC State, man, I don't know. I I'd like to think that they can make a run and that they can, you know, their big is that dominant. But you know, that's again, that's a tricky thing to do, man. Like you said, it, to carry you all the way, that's a tricky thing to do. Yeah, that that's one of my things. You know, even in our group and spreading having talent. You know, you can't take one or two guys away off of our team. Right. They, this is how we stop them. Well, if you do that, 
those two guys are good enough to get everybody else involved. And no, I mean, it can be double digits for another guy, two other guys. And then those guys get enough to be able to, um, you know, it could be three different guys on any given night. Yeah. And that's, and that's the way you build uh, consistency uh, when you're not having to rely on one or two guys to score each and every night for you. Um, then you can, you can, you know, get everybody involved and you feel comfortable with everyone and it can be anyone's night. Yeah. I'll tell you something else that, that I like about your team that I will equate with the best teams in the country. To me, when I'm picking a team that could win it all, I start with their defense. I do not start with their offense. I start with their defense. No. If this is a team that plays one through 10 or one through 12, 15, whatever it is, uh, defense, how many uh, players that coach plays, if this is a team that is committed to defense, that's a dangerous team to me. Because that says to me that if the shots aren't falling, we're still gonna we're gonna meet you 94 feet and and we still got a chance. Right. And that team that team to me is a dangerous team. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it definitely gives you a chance uh, yeah. to, you know, work to try to get it right on the other end. Right. Um, and you know, that's consistent. That's one reason I said Beller. Um, it, it, you know, we'll have a chance um, because regardless of where they play, they're bringing that defense uh, to communicate well. Uh, so they'll be in every game. And then if they're playing well offensively, which they're doing, uh, they're going to win a good portion of the games regardless of who they play. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I just think, you know, if you do have a solid defense, one that uh, understands their system, Whatever that system is, if it's switching uh, ball screens, um, if it's switching off off the ball, whatever it may be, um, if it's hedging with the with the big person or mirror, right. what, right. what I call, you know, um, when the guy is you know mirroring the ball handler, right, like right, right, form, um, or blitzing the ball handler, um, whatever it may be, whatever system, if they understand the system and they play it well and they communicate and they're able to rebound, you definitely have a chance every night. And that's one of the things I know for us, we're we're working to play defense so we can rebound, and that fuels our offense. Yeah. Because we're pushing the ball, playing with great pace, and now if a team is playing a zone on us, that gives us more opportunities in transition to do it. So, you know, anyone that has a system uh, with athletes, um, and they understand their system, they have a chance to win a, a championship, that's for sure. Charlie and Lloyd will be right back with more Believe in the ACC. Hey guys, it's a new year, and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis Pastrana here to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we found a Just Live around all-natural, THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products, but as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at wit's end, living in a fog of painkillers, 
severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep, and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain, inflammation, or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20% off your order with code armchair at justlive.com. That's 20% off at justlive.com with the code armchair. What do you live for? And now Charlie and Lloyd are back with Believe in the ACC. Well, with that being said, let's take a look at Joe Lenardi and Charlie Cream's men and women's bracketology not much has changed with the top four seeds still gonzaga still villanova still baylor still michigan i obviously don't have any issues with any of that uh especially uh baylor i would i i would say this based on what i've seen though it's gonna be hard for me to not want to put baylor at the top of the all the seeds i just think what baylor yeah what baylor's had to go through in their conference, to me, much harder than what Gonzaga's had to go through. I agree 100%. Yeah. So uh, with that, uh, you look at the ACC teams, and the only changes uh, that we see is that uh, Florida State still five seed, Virginia still a three. Virginia Tech has shifted, and I would imagine is going to shift again now that Pitt officially has beaten Virginia Tech 83-72. So you'll probably see them. Uh, the last bracketology went down last night. So on the next bracketology, uh, we will probably see a shift in Virginia Tech uh, out of that sixth spot. Louisville shifted down to eight, uh, which they may go back up depending on how they uh, – uh, because you remember they, they'll just remember the last win So at this point. Um, and then Clemson is there, and now – North Carolina is uh, on the bubble, uh, according, according, which I guess they're now probably going to be off the bubble as of last night because the, the bracketology came out before the game. So I don't think they're going to be out probably that group that's on the first four out. Um, but there's still, there's still time for yeah. all those teams. I don't have an issue with any of those uh, teams, honestly. Uh, huh? I said those are good spots. Yeah, I think those are good spots for everybody uh, on that. On the women's side, we have uh, the same group. I don't think this group is going to change. South Carolina, UConn, NC State, Louisville, although I think Louisville will probably drop down to that number four of number ones right now. They uh, you think they may flip-flop? No, not flip-flop, but – uh, NC State won't be the number one team. Who's the number one team? South Carolina? Yeah, it'll be South Carolina for sure, uh, just because the SEC is so tough. And uh, barring them losing again, which I don't foresee them doing, uh, it'll probably be uh, – well, you know what? I don't know because you, UConn – UConn's not going to lose. Well, they lost their Arkansas game, though. They lost to Arkansas? Yeah, last week they lost to Arkansas. Well. I mean, they're not going to lose in their conference. No, they're not going to lose in their conference. That's yeah, and that's, yeah. that's their saving grace right now. So it'll it'll. I think it, that I think two and three, when it's all said and done, of the top four seeds will probably be NC State, Louisville, with because of the conference uh, and the ACC being slightly better than UConn's conference. So maybe UConn will slip into that four, but UConn doesn't care. 
Uh, Gino definitely, I'm sure, doesn't care about that. What what I find very interesting, though, is uh, Louisville's number one still in the, in the bracketology, NC State number one. Florida State women. We're in. They got them in as a 10 seed. Yeah. Yeah, they got them in as a 10 seed. So, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to that. Uh, Clemson actually got in. They have them in as an 11 seed. Georgia Tech as a five and Syracuse as a seven. So a lot of teams, women from uh, from the ACC this week, more so I think than last week, are, are, are in. And a new team has emerged on the women's side, Virginia Tech. Replacing North Carolina. Uh, so North Carolina, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, all out in the latest Charlie Cream uh women's bracketology. So what do you think about that? Um, I don't see any issues with any, any of those. Um, I'm just curious to know where Syracuse is because uh well they got them as a seven. Um they'll stay or will they continue to drop? I, I I don't believe in Syracuse women, uh, and with them losing last night, I would imagine they're probably going to drop again. Um, but maybe not because they lost to another tournament team in Georgia Tech. So I don't know. I I don't believe in the in the Syracuse women. I'm not. I don't. You know, they're one of those teams, like you said, that depends so much on. Uh, I can never pronounce the young lady's name, but first name is Tiana. But uh, Magankai, I think Magankai or something like that. But uh, I, I, they depend so much on her and what she does, which you do need great guard play. Yeah. Uh, and her and Cardosa, which is the center. I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a fan, and I don't. I'm not sure they, they have the consistency to, 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 to stay in this top group, but. We will see uh, nine and four right now, uh, and again we said a lot of. Let's see what they let's see who they play. I'm curious now because you brought them up. Uh, they got Wake next. They got that's a tough one. They got that's at home. They got Pitt, uh, Florida State on the road back to back, and then Louisville. So that's a, that's a kind of a the Pitt game not as tough, but Florida State, Louisville, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Uh, Boston College, North Carolina State. So they got a tough end of the season schedule. Like this is not a easy February by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see if they can hold this together. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can hold this all together. So, uh, but I don't have any issue with with where everybody is uh, as of right now, though. I don't. Uh, I do wonder, though, as we talk about making it the challenge to get to the finish line, I do wonder, can we get to the finish line? Can we get to the end of – because I fully expect more games to get canceled. And then I wonder at what point, because we're getting close to tournament time, uh, and I have not heard anything. Have you heard anything about actual – Conference tournaments yet? I have not heard anything. No. Um, I get the sense that they're going to forego it. That's my Yeah, I think thought. they should, especially with all the cancellations and um, 
you know, all this, all these tests. Um, you know, I was just thinking about this with our, you know, tournament, state tournament was, you know, finding a way to forego the district tournaments. Yeah. Very, very similar to how we, we talked about the conference tournaments, you know, it's a money grab, I, I do believe, because you got teams playing from Tuesday to to potentially Sunday, you know, if they if they get that far. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, it's hard if you get to Saturday playing Tuesday the first night. And right. so I just don't see, you know, if every team plays each other or there was a conference um, where you have a, you know, conference record, then take the conference record and put them in, you know, a bracket. Yeah. From, from that standpoint. Um, and then keep it moving. And so I think that's something uh, I can potentially see them possibly doing this year just because they don't want to risk I know they. I know the NCAA, the men. I think gave them like a seven-day period in between conference and you know tournament, just in case you know a team needed um, those seven days for a positive test on the team. Why not just go? I mean, the teams is going to be there. You already know who the, who, the, who they are in some form or fashion. Yeah. And, you may have to guess on the back end of some of those conferences, but you know, like the first, let's say first six or seven teams in certain conferences, you already know who's going to be in and just see them that way, as opposed to going through a conference tournament where they have to play four games um, or potentially, you know, some teams playing two games, some playing three, um, you know, to get to the, to the conference finals. And then you end up, you know, if you get a guy who a team that comes down, they win a championship and they positive, and they play the last day, they may not make it to the tournament. Right. You know? Yeah, I I don't see a benefit in this in a season like this of playing the tournament games at all. In fact, I'll even go a step further, Charlie. To me, my thought process is let's let's just forego all of that. And let's if we can get to February 28th, which is the last game of the season for most team, most conferences in the country. If we can get to February 28th and we still got the majority healthy teams, let's get ready to go play this tournament and get these kids to Indianapolis as soon as they possibly can. Because the last thing you want to do is play meaningless games that are probably not going to affect seeding in any way, form, or fashion. Listen, right now. I think the top four seeds are going to be the top four seeds. I can't see anything that an ACC team or uh, a Big East team or uh, – uh, uh, Big East is Villanova. Right, but they're going to win it going away. So, right. you know what I mean? So there's nobody in their conference that's going to snatch the number one seed away from them. There's nobody – now maybe in the Big 12, maybe Texas – could make a, a case for a number one seed, but they should have already made that case, in my opinion. Especially, I just think it's just not worth the, the, the like you said, the the risk is not worth the reward. And so, what's the point of doing it if, like you said, if somebody wins, okay, Texas wins, they beat Baylor, but then 
somebody on Texas contracts COVID. So now going into that tournament, they're out 14 days. We can't stop the tournament because they can't play and then the number one seed. No, yeah, I'll do that. So that means what? Baylor takes over the number one seed, which they should have had all along. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I just think it just makes more sense if we can get to February 28th and every, most of the what we think projected-wise is going to be the 68 teams is healthy. Let's get those teams in a bubble quickly. Let's quarantine them quickly or isolate them, I guess is a better word. Isolate them quickly and let's protect this tournament. If you're going to play it, then let's protect these kids. Let's keep them safe and then let's get this thing going. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me, like I said, especially when you're not really most – Tournaments are not even allowing fans anyway. So where's the money grab other than, you know, TV, just, you know, TV revenues. But we foregone most of that anyway. I just think it's one of those weird years. We got to get to the other side of this this pandemic or decide how we're going to handle this pandemic going forward. And this ain't the year to be trying. This ain't the moment to try to figure all that out. Yeah. It'd be interesting because, you know, you know, in football, they were able to do the championship week. Uh, conference championship week, but that's only one game. Right. Not, not multiple games, multiple teams playing against one another. And right. Back to back. And, you know, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. You, you have to find what was best for that sport. Um, and I just, I just think they played enough conference games to be able to determine a champion. Um, and then you should just go from, from there you know, and, and go down the list and put them where you think they should be um, in a tournament. And that way you can get the tournament over uh, faster. Um, you can cut out that, that week uh, and probably start the tournament that week. Um, and if you need to spread it out, you can, you know, spread it out. You know, if, right. the, team, if the team can't play because of whatever – then potentially they can, you know, play a couple of days later, depending upon their situation. Um, I just think you, you can spread it out even further. Yeah. I, the only thing, other alternative compromise I might be able to get on board with is if you if you if you shrunk the tournament down to a Final Four, and you take the top four teams, and then just do a two day thing. I might be able to get on board with that. But an elongated 16 or 8 or whatever it is, Todd, I just think that's a waste of time. I think that's a waste of time. I think a, a Final Four is a waste of time too. But, you know, if if there was some pushback and people said, no, we, we need something. So, okay, let's do something abbreviated and call it a day. What about 32? That's Huh? You get 32 teams, that's two weekends, three weekends before the no, final. No, no, I'm talking about in the in the conference, like a final four in the conference. So oh, like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, you. like a top four. Oh, yeah, 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 like a top yeah. four in the ACC. Okay, they play a two-day thing and that's it. It's over. Yeah, I, I can see that. No, and, that and the only reason I'm even on board with that is because of what I said about the Big 12, where Texas kind of has a – case for a number one seed, but not a strong one, but they kind of do have a case. So if you want to do a final four thing and and give them one last opportunity that I, I I don't like it, but if that's the compromise, then okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So 
Before we go, my final comments are going to be a little bit different. Uh, my final thoughts were going to be a little bit different. And I want to give a shout out to an amazing young lady um, who made this for me, Charlie. It is a cutting board because she knows I'm a chef. Oh, you're a chef? Yes, I love to cook, my friend. And so she made this custom design uh, cutting board for me. Number one fan. Nice. Yeah, man. It's got all my favorite stuff on there. Uh, and it's a thick deal, too. I don't know if you can see the thickness of this thing. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's pretty nice, man. So I want to give a shout-out to uh, Renee Tolliver, who sent this to me, one of the noisemakers. Uh, just out of the blue, I was not expecting it. And she was just like, I'm a fan of your shows and what you guys are doing every day uh, and all the shows that you have. And so she said, I just wanted to send an appreciation to you of something we have that I created. So uh, if anybody wants to go and get you one of these for the ACC, um, you can go to what is the name of the company? It is she doesn't call it. Um, it's not called um, Renee Tolliver's, although it probably should be. But she calls it Ella. My wife is if my wife is listening, put it in the chat for me. I think it's Ella Mays. Creations and Things, I think is the name of the company. I think it's, I'm waiting on my wife to text me back. She'll she'll text me because she's probably listening. She's usually listens to our show. So, but yeah, I just wanted to give her a big shout out. I love this thing. I am was incredibly shocked when she said yeah. it to me. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative. So I may not actually cook on it for a while because I like having it in my office as the backdrop <laughs> over here behind me. Oh Lord! Don't let it collect dust. It's supposed to be collecting uh, be a cutting board. It's supposed to be a cutting board, but it looks. But I think it looks good over there, man. Are you kick? Are you, are you cutting some Kansas City steaks on the, off of that? I, you know what? I may. I may. Well, you know what's funny? I actually ordered some rib tips, so I have some rib tips that I'm cooking for the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I like rib tips. What are rib tips? You've never heard of rib tips, Charlie? I'm not sure. I probably have, but I'm just wow. asking. So, okay. So rib tips are actually a Kansas City or Midwest staple. So, basically just a rib cut up into smaller segments. So, they're like rib nuggets. Oh, okay. So, and they're delicious. They're really, you know what's funny about them? They're really, in some ways, better than eating a whole rib. Because you don't have to eat as many. You don't have to eat this big gigantic rib or rack of ribs. You can just get like five or six tips and get, you know, you feel like you had ribs. Like you don't feel that whole, you don't have to eat that whole pig yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, in some ways I like them better. I got it right. LMA's, oh, customized. I forgot the word customized. Thank you. Renee actually texted me. Great. LMA's customized creations and things. That's the name of it. Customized. That's where it was. I should have known that because she customized mine. So there you go. <laughs> so yes, customized creations of me. And I'm going to actually be interviewing her on one of the shows so we can talk about how she came up with that name. Uh, so, but yeah, shout out to her. I just wanted to give her some love. Uh, an amazing, just an amazing gift. So that's really cool. But Charlie, what do you get? What are your final thoughts for tonight? Um, well, I just hope that um, our daughter shares it, her. Soccer, well, she won the other night. Yes. They won 8-0. I say in dominant fashion. <laughs> yes, in dominant fashion. So 
Hopefully tonight, I mean, tomorrow night, they play again tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, we can get another W to make it to the finals of the district tournament. So I, I asked her today about practice and she was, I don't know, non-committal and how they, how they were looking at practice. And I'm like, oh Lord, no. I mean, you got to come with the same attitude as the other night. We can't she come non-committal. Is she, is she concerned? That sounds like she's concerned. I'm like, we got to be consistent. Yeah. You know, we dominant one night and then, I don't know. Oh, um, man, I don't like that, Charlie. So hopefully my final thoughts would be, hopefully the Lady Seminoles soccer team can come with that dominant spirit tomorrow. Okay. Um, on the soccer field. And also a shout out to uh, one of my former players who uh, signed today. I just saw he just signed with uh, the University of Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, Terion Arnold is his name. He, he plays at JP2. Actually, we played them uh, on Friday. So if you watch the game, that's, for, that's FSUS Athletics uh, YouTube page if you want to check us out. Um, he, he'll be playing on the other team. Um, he's, he's number 11, uh, but he signed today with, uh, the university of Alabama and, wow. uh, that's, football. yeah, for football. Wow. I, I coached him in basketball. He played basketball at Florida high and then he transferred out, uh, to JP two where he is now. Uh, but I'm happy for him. Um, he's worked very hard. Um, and hopefully he can do well. Well, so, so, to the surprise of no one, um, Alabama has, has has secured its seventh number one class, according to ESPN. Uh, so big surprise there. You know, I'm, I'm totally shocked uh, in that. But followed by, uh, let's see, I think I just since we're here, uh, yeah. Followed by Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, who's the number three? It's probably one of the big five. Yeah, I mean, it's usually the same. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon's in there. Washington. USC is in there. Yeah, USC. They've got, they've got some top top guys. They did. They did. They did very well. Everybody's talking about uh, USC's surprising – uh, steal of some players this year. Yeah. So uh, they are uh, they're very excited about USC's. Uh, that's, the thing that burns, that's the thing that burns me up the most is they were trying to get rid of their coach last year, like when they were winning. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were barely winning, but they were winning, and they were like, "Oh, they're not playing a certain way." Man, just just if the guy's a good coach, and you know, he's doing well and, and things are moving in the right direction. Don't go and try to find and recreate. Right. You know, come and have to start all over again. And I'm like, if you have a solid coach, stick with the guy um, or the lady or whoever, whomever it may be. Right. Stick with them. As long as the team is playing hard, they're, they're, they're uh, competitive um, and they're doing well and, you know, not staying on probation. Stick with the man so that he can at least have a chance, you know, to build something. And so I'm just happy for them to be able to get some of those top recruits to stay home 
um, and even bringing some from uh, different different areas uh, to to USC. And I'm just happy for uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the coach's name. Yeah. Well, well, Charlie, I will make the statement that I know you can't make. You have to build with somebody, and you have to allow people who know what they're doing to do something that people who don't know what they're doing can do. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Let's, yeah. let's leave the people who don't know what they're talking about over on the sideline where they are. It's okay for them to be fans of the program and the, and the support, but the stuff that happens between the lines, let people who know what they're talking about do that. Yeah. And the people and, and the other people just have to, you know, they, they can be upset. That's okay. It's okay to be passionate. But don't allow – but I just think we got too many voices in the room. Yeah. 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 And then the voices start talking. And when the money start talking, yeah, all sensibility, all, you know, all these other things, rationale, and just throw that out the window. Yeah. And it gets crazy. And you're like, this guy – has never even played the sport, let alone does he knows anything about coaching. So how is he able because he because he's got a lot of zeros, he's able to tell me how to do my job. No, that's that's dumb. Uh, that's I, got another, I got another thought. What's up, buddy? How about my man Lane Kiffin? Okay. Uh you check out Ole Miss. They didn't they didn't flip the quite a few guys. They stole a, a lineman or something today, didn't yeah. they? Uh, yeah, like a really high profile top lineman or something. And this kid from New Jersey. I mean, who who's going from New Jersey <laughs> to Ole Miss? I mean, that Twan uh, Twan Malone, I think his name. Yeah, is. yeah, that was an impressive. That was an. Imp I have to admit that was an impressive flip because I I'm like I like you like, bro. Have you ever been to Mississippi? Like, did you go on the recruiting visit? Did you see? They did you leave Osprey, the campus? Did you they, leave the campus? They say Osprey is a nice place. I've never been. They say it's it might be. The, listen, I would not doubt that the campus of Ole Miss is fantastic. <laughs> but I've been to Mississippi. It's not New Jersey. Uh, I'm just saying, it ain't New Jersey. So I it God bless Lane Kevin for pulling it off. I mean, I can't fault a man for the winning strategy. But wow, that that is quite a flip. Yeah, quite a flip. So I that was something. You're right. I had forgotten about that one today. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I okay. I mean, listen. I it's college sports, and anything can happen. So I'll 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 leave that. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> Leave it at that. All right. Listen, it's been another fantastic week. We've had a lot of fun. We hope you have too. Please like, uh, follow, subscribe, uh, and share our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, please like, subscribe. Our subscribers are wildly up on, on, on YouTube, and we are really, truly grateful for that. Uh, so we thank you. We've had a Really great January and starting to have a great February as well. So uh, really happy about that. So please keep uh, supporting this podcast. We are doing an amazing job. Our company is very pleased with us that we're doing a great job and that we're bringing in listeners. So with that being said, Charlie, thank you, man. As always, uh, looking forward to a Super Bowl week. Uh, I have made my prediction. Who are you picking for the Super Bowl? I'll tell you who I picked. You tell me who you picked. 
Well, I'm still a little upset uh, with the Bucks. Uh, okay. Of course, they got rid of my man, uh, Jameis. Yeah, okay. Um, they did upgrade when it came to um, the, the players around him. Right. The quarterback position. Yeah. Um, and the defense, of course, was stellar. I think yeah. they were oh, yeah. together last year and this year they, they top notch because uh, I'll just leave it at that. But I, I'm still upset with the Bucks, even though they're hometown, home state team. But I like Patrick Mahomes. And, okay. Um, and the um, Kansas City Chiefs. I just like their offense. Their defense, of course, is a little suspect. Uh, but they do play a certain deal, and they play well. Um, be interested to see how their defensive line get after uh, Tom Brady. If they make him move around the pocket, and because they play a lot of man-to-man uh, right. coverage and combo coverage and those types of things, and so. But I, I just like Mahomes. Now he's 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 lost some linemen, uh, but I do think he's good enough to be able to help overcome that. Okay. Um, I, I made my prediction on the five. I'm going to stick by that prediction. Uh, my theory with championships, whether it's basketball or football is still the same. Offense puts behind in the seats, but defense wins championships. And the way quietly, the way Shaq Barrett and Dominican Sue and Jason Pierre Paul have played in this playoffs has been phenomenal. And and they saved Tom Brady in this last game. That's the thing that we came out of the game not talking about. They saved him in that second half. Because normally when you throw three interceptions, you lose. That's true. And, and, and they saved him. They got after Aaron Rodgers. And with Kansas City not having their two uh, or their two, two of their linemen, and a possible third lineman who is on quarantine right now. Now, they say if he does everything and continues to test negative, he will be ready for Sunday. So Trust we'll me. see. He'll play. Uh, I would I would have to agree with you, Charlie. I have to agree. <laughs> but I am concerned about them not having all their linemen there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean slightly in the direction of, 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 uh, of, the, of the Buccaneers. Uh, but my hope is that Kansas City will win. <laughs> my prediction is Tampa Bay, but my hope is Kansas City. Yeah, I agree with you on the defense. Uh, Tampa does have a better defense Yeah. Uh, when it comes to just, you know, their numbers and those types of things. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how how they um, how they get after Mahomes. Yeah. I just know Mahomes, man. I've seen this cat, you know, when – they weren't blocking, and he found a way to, to, to hit his hit his receivers. Um, they bought, bought, his, bought himself enough time, whatever whatever it looked like, and, and threw a ball. Um, and then they have a good running game to be able to help slow down a little bit. But, yes, I agree. It definitely will come down to which defense uh, can, you know, keep the offense in check. Well, I'll say this, and 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 I think you hit it right on the head. If Patrick Mahomes can do that, overcome not having two of his best linemen and just be the Patrick Mahomes that we all know and love again, this I don't think it's I think it's either gonna be close because of the defense 
or an absolute blowout. It won't be like a close, like a middle. You think, can, you think it's going to be competitive? I think it could. If if Tampa Bay's defense can slow Kansas City down, then yes. But if they, but I don't think if Patrick Mahomes gets rolling, I don't think Tampa Bay can keep up. That is a man. Tampa Bay. I mean, Kansas City has weapons everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, they just. You could you could key in on Travis Kelsey and triple team him, and you're gonna get beat by Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Williams. And I mean, it's just there are weapons everywhere, and I just don't know what you're supposed to do. The right, crazy part is, man, I watched the Kansas City uh, Buffalo Bills game. Man, that Tyreek Hill, man, he's he's oh he's a truth. When oh it comes my god. To- um, being able to run routes, I mean, he made. I mean, I don't know. I just like watching him play too. I I do too, man. I, it's amazing because I've watched guys. I so when I played, I was a defensive end, so I understand when you have the angle. Normally, you can make the play. That is not true with him. When man, you could have the absolute angle on this guy, and he will literally run right past you, and you're like. But I was here. I was right in position. What? So I don't know. You know, he reminds me. This is a weird comparison, but he reminds me of Steph Curry. Mm. Like, okay, I understand what to do when a guy gets to the three point line. I know how to cut his angles off. You know, when he gets into what we consider reasonable range. I don't know. I don't have a defense for the guy that can pull up from thirty feet. Right. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. And I don't know why I would come out to 30 feet and play you. Because if you, if I come out that far, that means you're going to run right past me. And you pull my I, – I he's that guy on the football field. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, I've watched Tyreek play a few times now, and I'm going, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I see you double team. Yeah, that's not working. Because he's going to run right past you. Uh-huh. And then this last game, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close out on this. The last game against the Bills. They threw him in and around. Well, that's not even fair. Like, I mean, what do you? That's not fair because I I can't stop this guy on an in and around. I don't have any linemen that can get to him. So I don't know. I he's a problem. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I love to watch him play. He's he's one of my favorite players. To he's kind of my one of my. Yeah, let me just stop. Put this this whatever I'm doing down for a second and just kind of see this because I know I'm going to watch greatness, man. He's just amazing yeah. player. So, all right. So you go on with Kansas city. I'm going with, uh, officially with Tampa Bay, although I'm rooting for Kansas city should be a fun game. Go get your Kansas city steaks. And, uh, if you order them now, you might get them on time. They might get there just enough time. For the game. Oh, definitely get your popcorn world on. Now listen, go to popcorn world, uh, doing the flavor.com and get you, a tub, a, a tin of popcorn, uh, you will not be disappointed in doing that. Uh, let me, for those who are uh, watching this podcast, let me help you with that because um, you need to do that. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Charlie, you're a good salesman, man. I got to pull you into this. Oh, and by the way, you can go to Popcorn World now and use the discount code NOISE, N-O-I-Z, and get 20% off your whole purchase because you're a noisemaker. All right. So there you go. So go get your popcorn 
and uh, your Kansas City steaks. Uh, if your knee is hurting, get your CBD oil and just enjoy the game. <laughs> and just enjoy the game this weekend. All right? You can bet, you can bet while, while you're watching the game. You can call somebody and bet on the game at betonline.ag. Do that. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, they should be using you more in commercials. You're good at this. You are good at this, sir. You are very good at this. My wife would be definitely – I'm sure my wife is watching and she's super proud of you right now. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and that is betonline.ag. That's what Charlie was talking about. So there you go. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And uh, we'll see you guys on um, – actually, Charlie, I can talk to you about something. We may, we may do something special on Monday. So uh, until then, we'll let you guys know. But enjoy the rest of your day. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.